two-state solution, the churches, and Bible prophecy. The two-state solution is presented as the solution to the Mideast conflict. The plan consists of taking the current nation of Israel and dividing it into two states, one for Israel and one for the Palestinian Arabs. The Arab state would exist in the Gaza Strip and the central highlands of Israel, what is known as the West Bank or Judea and Samaria. Jerusalem would be a shared capital city for both states, of course divided. The Catholic Church would like to give an international status to the city governed by a UN body. In, the, in this way, the Vatican would virtually rule Jerusalem due to the large number of Catholic countries in the world. It is said if the two-state solution is imposed, it will lead to tranquility in the Middle East and as a consequence peace in the whole world. The two-state solution is marketed upon the premise that the Middle East problem could be solved by satisfying the national aspirations of the Palestinian Arabs with a state. Somehow it has been forgotten that the land under the British mandate has already been divided between Jordan, which is largely Palestinian Arab, and Israel. This also supposes that the Middle East conflict is a fight for land and not a war of ideology. The question has been raised, however, that if the Middle East conflict is all about the national aspirations of the Palestinian Arabs, why are Jews being targeted in places like Mumbai? Yes, many foreigners were murdered at Mumbai, but try and find Jews in India. Try and find a Chabad house, such as the one where the rabbi and his wife were killed. It's like searching for a needle in a haystack. What does a rabbi and his wife in Mumbai have to do with the Palestinian Arab state? It's worth watching a short video put out by the group of 18 that forcefully raises this question. The answer given is that the Middle East conflict is not about territory, but about murdering Jews. In actuality, the Middle East conflict is a war between two opposed ideologies. On the one hand, there is the Vatican viewpoint, expressed in the official Vatican paper Observatoire Romano on May 14, 1948. Modern Zionism is not the true heir of biblical Israel, but a secular state. Therefore, the Holy Land and its sacred sites belong to Christianity, the true Israel. Incidentally, this argument may seem plausible while Israel is a secular state, but it falls flat as we see Israel becoming more religious. This presents a problem for the Vatican's theology, not just a small problem, but an ominous threat to their claim to being the true Israel. Then, there is the other diametrically opposed view point, as expressed by Ra Rabbi Tzvi Huda Cohen Cook. When the flag of the State of Israel was raised, all the Vatican's doctrines of the outcast miserable Jews collapsed. We returned to our land, and it became clear that the Eternal One of Israel will not lie. End quote. The late Arthur Hertzberg, in his book The Fate of Zionism, clearly defines this conflict of ideas. He writes, It is even more important within the Jewish community that modern Zionism not be identified as the heir and continuation of the messianic element in classic Jewish religion. If the Zionist endeavor is ever dominated by the notion that Jews have come back to Palestine as a giant step 
toward the coming of the Messiah, there can be no peace within the Jewish camp. It is clear that the problem is with the return of the Jews to the land of Israel as a fulfillment of Bible prophecy, a process which is leading to the redemption and the establishment of the kingdom of God and the coming of Messiah. It demonstrates that God is not finished with the Jewish people, but must have a purpose with them to bring them back to his land. This goes against the grain of replacement theology. This means the Catholic Church is not the kingdom of God. It means that the Jews have been brought back to the land of Israel by the hand of the Almighty. Who are we, then, to say they can't live in Hebron, Bethel, Shiloh, and Jerusalem? Not only this, but it proves the Bible true. The Vatican and many other churches are fully aware of these facts. To them it is like smoke in the eyes. They will do anything to stop this. Today, December 12th, the Associated Press reports under the headline National Council of Churches Denounces Christian Zionism that the National Council of Churches has released a pamphlet denouncing Christian Zionism, which treats modern Israel as a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. The Council calls Christian Zionism a dangerous movement that distorts the teachings of the Church, fosters fear and hatred of Muslims and non-Western Christians, and has negative consequences for Middle East peace. Christian Zionists, including many American evangelicals, are among Israel's strongest supporters. But the Church Council says they misinterpret Scripture to support destructive directions in U.S. foreign po policy with regard to the Middle East. Again, the problem is treating modern-day Israel as a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. The Church cannot tolerate the conclusions of this fact. The Muslim world has joined with the Christian world in fighting this ideology. In 1922, Chaim Wiseman wrote, If the mandate does not go through this time, it never will. The Catholics have been chiefly responsible for uniting the Muslims and the Christians against us, because what the Vatican really wishes to have is something which amounts to power in Palestine and it has been using various Catholic members of the League, such as Spain, Brazil, Italy, Belgium, and France, in order to achieve its objective, and this is really the inner meaning of its attacks against us. There is a situation developing in the world where there will be tremendous pressure upon Israel to accept the presence of a Palestinian state within its borders. President-elect of the United States, Barack Obama's Middle East policy, is beginning to shape, take shape, and by all indicators it seems as if he plans to make the peace process a priority. The peace process has become a proxy term for the two-state solution. The peace process is the path for imposing the two-state solution. Tony Blair, who quickly converted to Catholicism after his exit from Downing Street, has been made the EU envoy to the Middle East. He is driving for the two-state solution. The drive for the two-state solution looks as if it will be impossible to stop today. The two-state solution, with the return of Palestinian refugees, is the definite end of the Jewish state. Even a two-state solution without the return of Arab refugees would most likely spell the end of a Jewish state. More importantly, it would provide an argument that the Vatican lost in 1967, 
the argument that Israel wasn't the true heir to biblical Israel because they didn't have the old city of Jerusalem and the biblical towns such as Hebron. This is the question at the heart of the fiasco in Hebron last week. Should Jews be able to buy homes in Judea and Samaria? The world says no. These areas should be Jew-free, or as the Germans would say, Judenrein. The two-state solution means expelling ten thousands of Jews from their homes in Judea and Samaria. The two-state solution does not fit with Bible prophecy. In Joel 3, the prophet says, For behold, in those days and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem. Judah and Jerusalem, this is the West Bank, the territory they want for another Arab state. The prophet continues, I will also gather all nations, and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat, and will plead with them there for my people, and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations, and parted my land. The prophet Micah, speaking of the same gathering of nations, says, Now also many nations are gathered against thee that say, Let her be defiled, and let our eye look upon Zion. Micah 4 verse 11. The nations are gathered against Zion to defile her. The idea is to take something that is holy and mar it, make it filthy. This is exactly what the Vatican, leading the Christian churches and the Muslim world, wish to do to Zion. Defile it so they can say, this is not the, the heir to biblical Israel, but an imposter, we are the true Israel. Defiling Zion is to destroy her claims to being God's chosen nation. One way is to murder the Jews and expel them from the land that God has brought them back to. The gathering of the nations to def to defile Zion will be a holy war. It will be a Christian crusade against the Jewish development in the Holy Land. The prophet Joel continues in chapter 3 verse 9, Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles, Prepare war, wake up the mighty men, let all the men of war draw near, let them come up. The verb here for prepare is the imperative of the, of the verb to be holy. The idea is to sanctify war. The nations will sanctify war against Israel to defile it. We see the seeds of this all around us in the world and in the media, the seeds of Armageddon. Yahweh will not allow Israel to be defiled and by extension his name. The prophet Joel goes on to say Jerusalem will be holy, as in verses 16 and 17. The Lord shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth shall shake. But the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. So shall ye know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then shall Jerusalem be holy, and there shall no strangers pass through her any more. We pray God that these events will soon come to pass, when all the things to do with Zion will be exalted, and Yahweh's name glorified. Thank you for listening. This has been David Billington with you for the Bible in the News. God bless and see you next week.